All right, welcome to the Basement Sports and Entertainment Podcast. I'm your host, Jordy Dereniak. Here we are, episode number five. Can't believe it. Seems like just yesterday was the first. But today we are going to have the final Power 5 conference previewed for this upcoming college football season, and that is the SEC The first episode was the ACC, the second, the Big Ten, the third, the Big 12, and then the fourth, which I did on Monday, was on the Pac-12. If you want to see those after you listen to this, go ahead and find them on the website or on Spotify, Basement Sports and Entertainment, and it is the word and, not the symbol. Alright, so today I don't really have any news headlines or anything like that that I felt like were worth getting into today. So I'm just going to dive right into it, get into talking about some good old football. I love the game of football. And today's preview has me more excited than the last two because the Big 12 and the Pac-12 are irrelevant in terms of being able to win the national title but the SEC is very relevant they really are as a matter of fact every season since the 2007 year every national title but four has been won by an SEC team yeah yeah the ones that haven't were 2013 Florida State with Jimbo Fisher as head coach And then 2014, Ohio State with Urban Meyer, they took the title. And then you had 2016, Clemson, and then 2018, Clemson again, both Davos Swinney, of course. And, uh, yeah, so the SEC's been pretty damn dominant. And, like like always, they have another another season where the conference is loaded, and I found... Four teams that I think are quite quite likely to be able to win this conference. And, I mean, number one is, of course, Alabama. How can they not be? They've won six national, or Nick Saban's won, yeah, six national titles. Yeah, yeah, six national titles with Alabama. So, pretty damn good, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. He is obviously the Belichick of college football and Nick Saban's Alabama team. They, they look great again this season, of course, but, and I'll, let me go over why they look great. Well, for starters, they look great because they have Bryce Young at quarterback, a former five-star recruit. Steve Sarkeesian, their offensive coordinator from a year ago, developed him last season, and he should be the next star QB at Alabama. And then, of course, uh, they got Brian Robinson Jr., who's going to take over at running back. Najee Harris is gone now. And Brian Robinson Jr. should do a pretty good job. But the receivers are going to be more unproven than Alabama's used to having, as John Mechie, the third is really only the only guy who we know by uh, by name at this point in their receiving core and that's what happens when you have two back-to-back years where you have wide receivers 
two first-round wide receivers in the draft. I mean, Alabama's been very, very fucking good at receiver. So we're going to see what happens this season at the position. But the other big thing is Steve Sarkeesian's not the offensive coordinator anymore. Bill O'Brien steps in to fill that role. He was fired from the Houston Texans. And let me just say, Bill O'Brien is a fucking idiot. He really is. He ruined that Texans organization and got it to the point that it is today where J.J. Watt's no longer on the team. He was traded because it was just... There was no point in wasting his career any longer. Deshaun Watson, their quarterback, doesn't want to play for them. He wants a trade. Although, uh, I believe he was in camp uh, this last week. But still, he's not interested in playing for them. And even with him, this team is... The the Texans are straight-up dog shit. Deshaun Watson had the best year of his career. And they still went 4-12 with Bill O'Brien as their head coach. And one of the the biggest thing, though, the icing on the cake of his straight-up stupidity was the trade of DeAndre Hopkins, arguably the best receiver in the NFL, for an over-the-hill running back, and then junk. It, it was... It, it was you, it honestly made you wonder, how, how fucking drunk was Bill O'Brien when he made that move? Or what was he smoking? Because whatever it was, I would like to have some. Because it must have been some pretty good shit to be able to think that was a good deal. Oh my god. I, I couldn't believe it. But... Yeah, yeah. And that's the other thing, too, is they only returned two starters in the offensive line. So there's a lot of personnel change mixed with the offensive coordinator changed or change. And that makes me wonder, can they, can they in one season put it together to... Because this is not as good of an it's definitely not as good of an offense as it was last year or the year before that and I think we're gonna have to see and again with Bill O'Brien calling the shots now what does this look like their defense though is gonna be really fucking good again they returned seven starters on defense and uh, they have stars like Will Anderson Jr. and uh Josh Job and then uh Christian Harris to rely on so it's it's a good position. They're in a good position on defense, and I, I mean that's not a shock with Nick Saban as head coach. You you know that's going to happen. And as far as their big games this season, they start the season with by playing the U, and I think that's a game where they crush them. I do think though, it, yeah, no, no, I don't want to give Miami hope for no reason. They're going to get crushed. They will get crushed. But week three, Alabama plays at Florida. And that is a big one. Because what is their offense looking like in week three? And what do they do in a big game on the road against a big-time conference foe? That's going to be a huge test for them early. I'm excited for that game already. And then they play, this is the biggest one, I think, at Texas A&M. Texas A&M is the biggest threat in the SEC West to Alabama's chances of going back to the national title game. 
and I I think that's that's when Alabama needs to be scared of because if they're if they're not looking as good as they were last season, this A and M squad, as I'll get into more in uh, shortly, they're they're built in my opinion to be able to give give an uh, Alabama team with a rebuilt reloading offense I should say and learning a new scheme under Bill O'Brien they could get some problems I also think uh the home game against LSU LSU I think they can beat especially at home but at Auburn at Auburn's gonna be tricky the Iron Bowl and again that's a game they should win but again at Auburn you always know something crazy can happen like oh what was what was that 2013 yeah, I think it was 2013 when the Auburn returned the. It was like a 58-yard of field goal attempt. They returned it for a touchdown at the very end to win. It was fucking insane, and that and part of the reasons why college football is so amazing. But Alabama, I think their schedule. It the two games I'm most concerned about. For, you, they or they should be most concerned about is at Florida and at Texas A&M. One of those games, I feel like they're going to drop. I really do. I don't think Alabama goes undefeated like they did this last season where they obviously ended with a 52-24 to blowout victory of Ohio State in the national championship. That was fun to see because fuck Ohio State. And it was also fun to see them beat Notre Dame 31-14 to in the semifinal. Fuck Notre Dame. I want to throw that out there as well. I'm, so that made me happy. It really did. Um... But yeah, that's what I think in terms of their schedule. And as far as their PFF ranks within the conference, their receiving group ranks fourth, offensive line second, defensive line second, and secondary first. Being great in the trenches is a huge thing in the SEC, and having a great secondary is awesome. And their receivers are not quite as good as they're used to, but they are still going to be good. Uh, Alabama's going to have a great team, and they they should be able to go back to the SC, or go back to the college football playoff, but if there's a year for them to be dethroned, this is the year. I will say that. And again, Bill O'Brien is their new OC that just... I I do not like I did not like that hire. I thought Nick Saban could have made a better move. He he I I mean we'll see how that goes. Alright. On to Texas AM. Like I said, I'd be on to them shortly. The Aggies, they ended last season with a forty one to twenty seven victory over North Carolina in the Orange Bowl. Or yeah. Oh, I'm s- God, fucking idiot. I wanted to go to Georgia next. <laughs> All right, Georgia. They were 8 and 2 last season and had a big third or 24 to 21 victory over uh Cincinnati in the Peach Bowl. It was a big game. And uh that was a big or I mean that was a big uh comeback drive for them. Very nice. And this season, Georgia, honestly, I think they are the best team to be able to dethrone Alabama. That's why I wanted to do them ahead of Texas A&M, and I made that point. Uh, yeah, Georgia, they look good. Last season, 
they made the change as with offensive philosophy of their offensive coordinator move brought in Todd Monken, who wants to be aggressive throwing down the field. And it didn't take off the way they wanted. And a lot of it had to do with playing Stetson Bennett for a lot of the, for a good portion of the year. But when they turned to JT Daniels, things turned around. JT Daniels looked a lot better and he's he's going to be back this season. Todd Monken's back, and Georgia has probably the best receiver room in the country. And this Georgia team in general just looks great, especially on offense. They have guys like uh, like Z- uh, Zamir White and then James Cook at running back. They are two great players to have to be able to rely on, especially with a line that returns three starters. You gotta like that. And then Jermaine Burton, Kyrus Jackson, and then transfer Art Gilbert. Those were three great moves. And Art Gilbert in particular was a great move. That gives them a nice tight end that they can use with these speedy, talented wide receivers on the outside to help open that middle for a great player like Gilbert up. That's going to be nice. And then as far as their defense, they return only four starters on defense. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, they... But if their offense is strong enough, they'll get through it. And if, if with a full off season, by the end of the year, their defense should be good enough, especially with Kirby. It's a Kirby smart team. Their defense should be good. I, uh, I'm, I'm concerned about their schedule, though, because there is a few tough games on here. And for Georgia's national title hopes, that's big because they got to win all of them pretty much or they well they can afford one loss but that's it that's it georgia starts the year by playing clemson in charlotte that's going to be a huge game i'm excited to see it and that's one as i said uh in my acc preview i think clemson's likely to win that game just because clemson is more experienced and has more coming back for them on both sides of the ball and i i I think Georgia can get by the rest of the way because at Auburn, Auburn's pretty good, but I think I don't think Bo Nix is a good quarterback, and I think Georgia's going to be able to beat them because of that. And then, of course, the big game against Florida. I think they will beat Florida. I just got a feeling. Georgia, to me, seems like they're primed for a special year, that special year finally under Kirby Smart. I think there's a very good chance they could up win the SEC. I really do. Uh, and then, as far as their PFF ranks within the SEC, receivers ranked first, O-line first, D-line first, secondary fifth. So Georgia, Georgia looking really good. And that's why I say... They have a great shot to pull it off this year. I, I'm very excited to see what Georgia does. And then as far as their play action percentage, 25.1% ranking 86th, screen percentage 14.1% ranking 63rd, and their deep percentage was 22.4% ranking 14th. The deep percentage is nice. And that's expected with Todd Monken. But when they go to run the ball, and especially in, 
because to help out with the with the run game, I think they need to increase that play action a lot. If there's more uncertainty in their looks about whether it's a run or pass, it's just going to be good for them. And especially because they do run it a lot. Their pass percentage is only 50.4%, ranking 85th. And if you've heard my podcast before, you know I'm not a fan of that. I think that's disgusting. And their screen percentage needs to come up a little bit too. Not a lot, but come up a little bit too. It's just a way to get some easy completions for your quarterback that can potentially go for big yards. And the EPA per pass play last season was 0.051, ranking 56. And their EPA per run was 0.025. And again, that's got a lot to do with Stetson Bennett playing as long as he did. But this offseason, with the time to get JT Daniels in as the starter and work with all the guys... I think Georgia's in for a huge year on offense. I really do. All right, now time for Texas A&M. They had a 41-27 beatdown of North Carolina in the Orange Bowl, and they had a 9-1 season overall. That only loss was to Alabama. Shocker. <laughs> and this season, Aggies look really good. They returned nine starters on defense, and they were second in the nation against the run. That is incredible news. And if they can stop the run easily, that helps them against a team like Bama, especially if they can make them one-dimensional. It would make things so much easier for them. However, they will replace Kellen Mond, and Jimbo Fisher's got his choice between Haynes King and Zach Calzada. Haynes King probably has more potential. He's a dual threat, and he's likely to be the starter. And if they can figure out that quarterback spot and have a legitimate starter after a few weeks, they are able to win this conference. They absolutely are. They got the team. But the concern I have is they only return one starter in the offensive line. How will they do? How will they do up front? Because how you perform on the offensive line is huge to how you really be able to do anything. And as far as their other players, they have Isaiah Spiller and Devin Ockane to run the that are very good running backs for them. I, I like to see that they got those guys coming in. Then Anias Williams and Demond Demas, who's a five-star recruit coming in. Those two at wide receiver should be able to give them something really good for Haynes King or Zach Calzada, whoever it is, to throw to. And I I just I, I would like to see Texas AM be a player for the national titles in the national title scene. It, it it would have been nice back when they had Johnny Manziel. I loved watching Johnny Manziel, but now would be a better now would be just as good. And uh, the schedule actually plays out <clears throat> about as nicely as it can for you in the SEC. They get to host Alabama. They get to host Auburn. They get to host both of those games. And that's a big reason why I think they can absolutely beat Alabama. And their final game of the season is at LSU. That will be the big one because the Tigers should be, they should be pretty damn good. I don't think they win the Nash, or I don't think they win that LSU wins the SEC title, but they will be a threat, threat to the, uh, to the teams that are in competition. And, uh, oh, 
I do want to give a Jalen Weidermeyer uh, shout out. He was he's a great tight end for Texas A&M. So that's the thing is they really do have the weaponry around the quarterback to where with Jimbo Fisher calling the shots, they should be able to do things sooner than later. And as far as their PFF ranks, their receivers rank second, O-line sixth, DL third, and secondary fourth. I I like I like what they got going there. It's just a matter of I think it really does all come down to quarterback. What can they get at quarterback? If they can get the quarterback, things will do good or they'll they'll be good. But their offense could use some tweaks to help whoever's playing quarterback and to just improve in general cuz play action percentage 27.4%, 74th, screen percentage 9.3%, 101st, deep percentage 11.9%, 118th. Oh, God, that's disgusting. Get more play action to help the run game and get some quick, easy completions for your quarterback. Get more screens for the same reason and attack more down the field so the defense can't just say, oh, they're going to keep everything within 20 yards, everything within 15 yards. You don't want defenses to be able to look at you and say that. And then their EPA per pass play was actually 0.239 last season, which was 16th in the country. And their EPA per run was 0.00237th. But get this, their pass percentage was only 48.6%, 96th in the country. Disgusting. They needed to throw it more, and they were clearly better at passing than they were at running. Come on. That's why teams can need to get more into analytics. It really is. And now, my final team. The final team I think is in play for the SEC title is Florida. Florida was actually almost the SEC champ a year ago. They lost 52 to 20, 52 to 46 to the Crimson Tide in the SEC title game a year ago. And their team was they're better they had a better season than their 8 and 4 record might indicate. They kind of fell off the wagon after the loss to Alabama in the SEC title game. They lost to LSU the week before, but then they got routed by Oklahoma 55-20 in the Cotton Bowl. Just absolutely fucked them up. And so this season, no more Kyle Trask. The Emory Jones era begins. And now, and the, the question still is, of course, can Dan Mullen finally, is this finally his team to get to a SEC title with Florida. And I think they got a lot of potential. Emory Jones is back. Damian Pierce is a good running back. But three starters on the OL and five on defense. The five on defense is a little concerning. I'd like to see more starters back. And three stars in the offensive line is good. It gives you, th- I think it was both tackles and their center are back. And uh, I, I like that. They are very unproven at receiver, though, and their offensive line is shaky, so those are two big obstacles, but with a full offseason of coaching, maybe they can make the improvements necessary. They're big games. They get to host Alabama, play at LSU, host Georgia, and host Florida State. Or they don't host Georgia, but they play in Jacksonville every year like they always do. Um... 
at Georgia, or yeah, at Georgia, or at LSU, I think is, uh, I think that's a pretty, uh, I think that's an interesting game. And that's why the SEC is always so fun, is because the conference is so good, they beat up on each other, and it's fun to watch, especially as a Big Ten fan. And I I think LSU has the potential. I think LSU probably beats Florida. And again, being at home against Alabama is an edge, but it, I, I think Alabama still likely wins that game. And then Georgia... See, this is another team that could lose three or four games. But, well, actually, you know, Florida State, they should beat. They should, Florida could lose three games this year and be a good team still. I I think Florida's got a lot going for them. It's just they got a couple weaknesses. Their uh, PFF ranks per positions. Receivers were 12th, and again, that's out of 14. Disgusting. O-line 9th, DL 5th, secondary 8th. So in a few key areas, they they got some work to do. But again, this is a good Florida team coached by Dan Mullen. They should be able to look solid and be a team that at least can get to 9-3. and three. I think so, at least. And their play action percentage was 29.8%, which was 60 sec- or 62nd, yes. Screen percentage, 11.8%, 82nd. And their deep percentage, 17.6%, Crank those numbers up. Get them up. It's, it's, it's just, you, I've heard said the explanation many times. It's just a matter of making the offense easier or more friendly on your quarterback. That's the best kind of offense, the one that's friendly for your quarterback and easy for him to run. Their EPA per pass was 0.293, which was 10th last year, and their EPA per run was minus minus 0.001, 38th in the country. Number I did like, their pass percentage was 61.6%, which was 15th in the country. And, yeah, I like that. But that's also a reason to get it deep more and to try to get more screens in there, the easy completions, get more play action in there. It's it's just a great way for your off help to help your offense run more efficiently and effective. Um yeah. These are my thoughts uh on the SEC. Those are the four major players I think there are for the SEC title. And you know, I'm gonna go on record right now as saying Georgia will win the SEC. I think it's going to be the Bulldogs year. Go dogs. I'm going to take Georgia. I like Georgia to do it this year. And yeah, well, I think it's going to be a fun year in the SEC and college football in general. I really do. All right, this upcoming Friday, I'll be taking a look at the independence and group of five schools that I think are worth taking a look at. And as always, Check out our website, basementsportsandentertainment.com. It's the word and, not the symbol. We have a lot of great articles and daily bet picks for you to look at. Um, And also follow us on Twitter, at BasementSAE. Again, give us a follow. Give us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Um, Yes, tell all your friends. Tell your family. Um, Yeah, I hope you enjoyed this uh, podcast. 
broadcast and uh yeah i uh i think uh i think it's gonna be a great year again you all have a great night